0: Hi everyone, this is Jan Kabile, your host for The Fix, the podcast that's all about Photoshop, Lightroom, and post-processing. I'm recording this video about three days after the latest version of Photoshop was just released by Adobe, Photoshop CC 2015, along with a whole lot of other Creative Cloud updates. I'm sure you've seen some tutorials on the web, and those videos are usually very practiced and polished and very good, but I thought it might also be interesting to see somebody who's supposed to know how these programs work actually try to use some of the new features, kick the tires a bit, and that's what I'm going to do for you in this episode of The Fix. Before I do, I want to remind you that every week now on The Fix, we have a book giveaway. One lucky listener will receive a book of their choice this week from Rocky Nooks Publishing. So what do you have to do to be eligible for that book? Just go to the show notes for this show, the one called Photoshop CC 2015 Kicking the Tires on thisweekinphoto.com slash the fix and go down to the comments on the show notes for this episode and upload a photo of your own that you've processed with Photoshop CC 2015 and write a couple of lines about what features you used and try to use some new features so it's interesting. And then one lucky commenter will receive a copy of this book, and you'll be notified two weeks from the time that this podcast is released. So I hope you enjoy your book, whoever gets it. Um, But for everybody, I just want to play with the new features in Photoshop for you and show you what I might do with them as somebody interested in photography. There are a lot of new features in the new version of Photoshop for designers, but those aren't the focus of this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And here I am in Photoshop CC 2015. I've opened four JPEGs here. These are JPEGs that I shot one evening when I was not at home, and I didn't have a choice of cameras, so for some reason whatever camera I had was shooting JPEGs. So that's all I got of this amazing sunset. Um, But I realized I couldn't capture it all in one shot and so um, I shot for merging to panorama knowing that I could stitch these together later and the reason I'm showing you these is because there is a new feature in Photoshop CC 2015 that will help you to stitch panoramas together. There are actually a couple of new features but most of them are in Camera Raw which is the raw converter that comes with Photoshop. First I want to show you Um, the panorama feature in Photoshop proper, which is separate and different. And this is the one that I use if I just have JPEGs that I'm stitching together. So I'm going to go up to the File menu and down to Automate and over to Photo Merge. And then I get the Photo Merge dialog. And Here, I'm going to choose the layout method. I just go with auto usually, and if I don't like that, I come back in here and try another one. Um, I'll come over and choose the files I want to include in my panorama. I'll tap add open files because those are the files that are already open in Photoshop, or I could browse for files. Now here's the important part down at the bottom. I always check blend images together, that's pretty self-explanatory. If there are any vignettes from using a wide angle lens on the source images, I want those to be gone. So I'll check vignette removal. And if there's any geometric distortion from using a wide angle, I want Photoshop to automatically correct that for me too. Now here's what's new, content-aware fill transparent areas. What does this mean? Well, when you make a panorama, Photoshop has to kind of twist and turn the source images to get them to fit together to to align one to the other so that you have a seamless panorama. The result of of twisting and turning the images is that almost always you're going to have some transparent edges around your panorama. And in the past, you had two options. You could either crop those away, in which case often you would lose content and maybe you want to keep that particular content in the image or you want to have as, as tall a panorama as you can when you're doing a wide panorama. You don't want to be slicing off too much of the top and bottom or you lose the aspect ratio that you're going for and you end up with just a long skinny panorama. Um, So that was cropping was one option. And then the other option was manually trying to fill in those blank edges by making a selection all around the blank edges, trying to include some of the photo so photo so Photoshop had something to base its fill upon when it was calculating fill, and then using the um, edit fill content aware fill command. Okay, so that's how things were. There's a lot of steps, right? Now all you have to do is check content aware fill transparent areas. And Photoshop will make that selection around the transparent areas of the panorama and try to fill them in with matching content that it samples from the surrounding image. I'll show you what I mean by checking this checkbox and then clicking OK. So now uh, Photoshop is making one layered file that contains all four of these images stacked up, aligned. Photoshop added masks to them to so that there is like a seamless blend between them all. And the new part, the thing that we have in Photoshop CC 2015 that we didn't before is that Photoshop went and found the transparent parent edges and put this selection around them, just where it needed to go, and then did the content-aware fill all automatically, which is really great because saved me a bunch of steps. Now, I'm going to um, hide that uh, selection just to see how it, what the photo looks like without that in the way, Command-H. By the way, sometimes when you press Command-H, especially if you first installed Photoshop, you get this weird message saying, do you want Command-H to govern um, whether we're going to show you... Uh, selections and other extras in Photoshop, or should Command-H govern whether you're going to see Photoshop at all? And the second option, whether you're going to see Photoshop at all, has something to do with Apple. It's an Apple command. The first option, whether you're going to be able to use Command-H to hide and show um, extras in Photoshop, is usually the one that I choose. All right. Anyway, so I command H, so we don't have to look at the selection. It's still there, though, and you can see Photoshop did an almost perfect job. Now you do have to zoom in. Um, you know, so in, I would, if I were doing this for real, I'd double click my zoom tool and get zoom in there to hundred percent and hold down the spacebar, and I would look all around and make sure there wasn't something, there wasn't something unusual, some kind of an edge that didn't look right. If there is, you can use. Uh, tools like Spot Healing Brush Tool, Healing Brush Tool, Patch Tool, um, to try to to fix any, uh, any photo merging that didn't come out just right. But things look pretty perfect in this case. I'll double-click the hand tool to fit this on screen again. And that is the new thing in um, Photo Merge. For merging panoramas inside of Photoshop Now, as long as we're here um, and I have a big empty space I may as well show you another new feature that I think is really has a lot of potential for photographers certainly for those of us teaching Photoshop but pretty much anybody who likes to make composites or um, Let's say you're a photographer and you want to announce a show you're having or you want to make um, Some kind of a card for your studio. Maybe you want to add other images or graphics um, or uh, or other items like that to a photo. And you can do that using libraries. Libraries are over here. We've had libraries in Photoshop for a while. The new feature in libraries is, or one of the new features is that they are now linked to a stock photo agency, um, which used to be Photolia. Now it's called Adobe Stock Photos because Adobe bought it. And you are entitled to use comps or previews from that stock agency as you're designing things in Photoshop. You can uh, download those previews. I'll show you how in a second. And then put them in a design. And then later, if you decide that you really like the design and you want to purchase those photos, which would remove the watermark from the front of them, you can do that and you don't have to redo your design. All of a sudden, they just appear in the the design without the watermark. It's really cool. So let's see how that works. In the Libraries panel, I'm going to go down and click this uh, Search Adobe Stock button. It's got an ST on it. And that will launch my web browser. And I'll bring it over here. It was on my other screen. It opens the Adobe Stock uh, photo agency, and I actually um, had been logged in before, so it knows it's me. You have to use the same Adobe ID that you use when you install uh, Photoshop for this to work. Um, so, and pretty, you know, you pretty much use that Adobe ID across the board now in all Adobe apps on desktop and mobile. Anyway, so here I am, and I can search for something, so I want a logo with the letter K, because my last name has the letter K. I've already started that search, and notice you can search for photos, illustrations, or vectors. What I've noticed, though, is if you choose a vector, um, at least when you're doing uh, the preview download, the comp download, not the real photo, uh, you don't get a vector image. You just get a rasterized image, and so you can never really see through it. You always get some kind of a solid background, usually white. Anyway, I'll click Go, and let's see what we can find with the letter K. Kind of like this one right here. So what I do is I just hover over that, and I click on this down-facing arrow, and it says, where do you want to save the preview? That means the comp of this graphic, or there are photos here, whatever you're going to download. This is free, and so I could choose to download to a particular library from this menu. I'll just download to my Logos library that I've made in my Libraries panel, and that uh, item should be there now when I remove my web browser from the scene and go back over to Libraries, and there it is, gold letter K. So now what I can do is I can drag this out onto any image, like this, and that graphic will stay over here, and um, I'll be able to use it again on other images too. Now I mentioned we've got the background showing on this one because it's the the comp or the preview, and you see we also have the watermark on it. Um, I'm going to press Return or Enter to accept uh, to that the placement of that image on the photo. And I want to uh, mask away this edge. I've also noticed that if you try to make a good selection on these uh, downloaded images, they often have jaggedy edges because these are just comps. So if I use uh, the, a geometric selection tool, I don't get those. If I use the quick selection tool or the magic wand, I do. So I get the rectangular marquee tool. And I'm going to come in here and I'm just going to select that part, and then I'll go to my Layers panel. Now when I added this uh, gold letter to, from my Libraries panel to this photo, I got a brand new layer in the Layers panel with that gold letter on it, and I'm going to add a layer mask to that gold letter layer. layer because I have a selection active, When I, when I add the layer mask by clicking the Layer Mask icon, that builds a layer mask for me with black paint outside of the selected area hiding everything from view except for the rectangular letter K that I wanted to keep. And so the other thing about this is that this is a smart object, and that means I could make this smaller and then change my mind and bring it back to this size without degrading the image any more than it currently is just because it's a comp. So if I want to make this smaller, I'll press Command-T on the Mac or Control-Key on Windows and... I'm going to hold the Shift key to constrain proportions, and I'll make this thing smaller. You know, we'll use it just like a little logo down in the corner, and then I'll move it all the way over here maybe. And those pink lines are just trying to get things uh, lined up for me. And then I'll press Enter, Return. And I can always go back in there and um, and change the size of that by selecting this layer and Command-T again. Okay, so that's the, another new feature, which is the Adobe Stock um, photos library that you can use with Photoshop. Oh, such a relief. So much easier than, you know, looking all around for other images. Now, you do have to pay for these. I think each image is $9.99 if and when you decide to buy it, or you can subscribe um, for different amounts. I believe the current price is something like 10 images a month for $29.99. So that may be a bit steep for you, but if you're a designer, it's it's really not so bad if you use 10 at that price, it's less than $3 each. So that can help you in your work. It's an investment, right? Okay, uh, what else was I going to do? Um, just to show you, I can also take things from my libraries that I've put in there. So I know I have an announcement, for example, of a photo show that I've used in the past here in my library. And I can just drag that out and put that on the image. Um, you know, I can get it kind of the size that I want it. I want it to be bigger. So I'll hold down the shift key and I'll make this bigger. And I get that in place. I want to make it bigger because I want to show you something else, another new feature, and that is the ability to add multiple layer styles to the same layer. Now, you may not think that's important as a photographer, but whenever you use text, if you want to style the text, often you want to have more than one of the same kind of layer style on a layer. To show you what I mean, I'm going to go back to my Layers panel, and I'm going to double-click the Announcement layer that was just created for me when I dragged out that announcement, that pre-made announcement from my library. That opens the layer style panel. Let's put that down here so we can see the layers panel too. And um, let me see if I can, I'm going to go down where it says FX and down to the bottom, reset to default list. So this is what this would look like if you hadn't used it before. Over here on the left are all the different layer styles you can add um, to any layer that has transparency, like the text on this layer, and uh, Bevel and Emboss, um, inner glow, satin, pattern overlay, and outer glow. Those work as they always did. But these other ones, the one that have a plus symbol, like stroke and inner shadow and color overlay and gradient overlay and drop shadow, with those, you can now have more than one of that kind of style on the same layer. You could not do that in the past. So you had to do all these workarounds with, you know, apply a drop shadow to your text, get out of here, then put the text into a layer group, and then apply a second layer, drop shadow on the layer group if you wanted two different ones so what i'm going to do instead is just check drop shadow to apply a drop shadow um, to this all the text on that layer you don't see it of course on the black because the shadow is dark um, if i select the drop shadow style in the layer style dialogue i can then make changes to it uh, you know i could change the distance of the shadow or um, its size its spread uh, usually the this is checked to use global light so that um, if I were to add another shadow, it would be in the same direction as this one. I'm going to uncheck that so you can see what happens if I have two different angles of my shadow. So I'll uncheck that. And I'm taking a look at the angle, remembering where that is. See a little bit of shadow over here on the text just to pop pop it off the background. Well, now before I cancel out of layer style, I can click this plus symbol in the styles on the left. Um, Now I have a second drop shadow, which I can select, and I can style that differently. So I'll drag the angle slider in the other direction this time. Um, You know, and maybe I can make the distance different or the the opacity or whatever it is that I want. And then I'll click OK. And now if you look in the Layers panel, you see I have two drop shadows on that Announcement layer. I could turn either one off and just use one of them. I could change their um, stacking order here by dragging. In this case, that doesn't make much of a difference, but you can do that. And so this is really um, helpful for those of you who like to make fancy text or, um, this, you know what else? You could make with this a frame that has different, several different strokes on it and maybe different uh, shadows inside those strokes. I've tried to do that in the past too, frame for a photo. Okay, anyway, so that was to show you new, some new features. Um, the double layer effects or the double layer styles, the use of Adobe stock photo, um, and the new panorama fill in the edges with content-aware fill feature in Photoshop CC 2015. Um, you know, I may as well go a little longer. I, I want to show you something else about panoramas that's really terrific, and that is um, making panoramas in camera raw. And I'll explain why I would do that and, and what's relatively new about those um, the uh, uh, new features came out to enable you to make panoramas as well as hdr images in camera raw in april of 2015 so let's take a look at that i'm going to come down and get my bridge and i have some more panorama there's some more photos i shot as a panorama i'm going to select all of those And these happen to be RAW files. You can see they have the NEF or Nikon RAW extension. And so I'll double click any one in Bridge and that's gonna open Camera RAW in uh, Photoshop. And this is the new Camera RAW 9.1 that came with the current release of Photoshop CC 2015. And there are a few different things here. For one thing, um, if I want to select all four of these photos in the film strip to merge them into a panorama, uh, there is no select all button anymore. Instead, you have to go to this menu at the right of Film Strip and choose select all. So I'll do that. And then I want to make a panorama of these. And this is something you couldn't do in Camera Raw until April. Um, and this is working just like Lightroom CC uh, 2015. Anyway, I'm going to choose Merge to Panorama. Notice there's also a Merge to HDR, similar uh, kind of technology underlying that if you had uh, bracketed shots, for example. But I'm going to merge these to Panorama. So I'll select that. And before I do, I want to mention, I have not um, uh, corrected these photos. And the reason is when you merge to Panorama with this feature and you start with RAW files, as I'm doing, uh, Photoshop is going to make or Camera Raw is going to make a RAW file a raw panorama, and that means because that panorama is going to have tons of raw data in it, I may as well wait till after I've made that raw panorama and then make my adjustments on that one single file rather than having to correct all of the source files and try to synchronize those corrections. You'll see what I mean in a moment as I merge to panorama here. Now, sometimes this takes a while if you have a lot of files or they're really big, this is a low resolution preview of the panorama. By the way, this is a fire uh, near where I live in the foothills right behind Boulder, Colorado of a couple of years ago. It was a really bad fire. Um, and we actually had to evacuate where I live and we were standing far away taking these photos. And I knew I'd never take this again. So I had to use, I had to shoot for because I didn't have a wide angle lens with me. You know, we basically had thrown everything in the car and driven away. Anyway, why am I here to make a panorama? Um, Over here on the right, I can choose the projection or layout method. I'll just leave that at the default. And there is a checkbox to auto-crop. So if I uncheck that, you can see that even here in Camera Raw, when the photos get twisted and turned to match them up, um, there's going to be some empty edges. Now in Camera Raw, you don't have that automatic fill in the content feature that we have inside of Photoshop when we make panoramas there. So we're kind of stuck with auto-crop. Or saving out of Camera Raw into Photoshop and manually filling the edges in with content aware there. In this case, I think I can get away with auto crop. It's really not taking away any, any content that I needed to keep. So I'll do that and I'll click Merge. And what's happening is that um, uh, Camera Raw is going to create a Raw file, as I told you. It's a DNG, Adobe's flavor of Raw file, and it's going to put the extension Pano on it. I've already done this once, so we get a number one there. So i click Save, and in just a minute, that has saved um, the RAW file, the RAW panorama for me. You see it down here at the bottom of the film strip. This is the pano. It's a DNG file. And the cool thing now is I can correct this version. And when I do that, I have tons of editing latitude because this has just as much raw data as any RAW file, and I have access to all my familiar sliders you know, reduce the highlights, open up the shadows, take the whites all the way over, um, take the blacks down, all the things you would normally do here in the basic panel in Camera Raw or in the Develop module in Lightroom, which is pretty much the same deal. Try to increase clarity a little. Um, I might take the vibrance down because I think that sky is too blue. Um, And I might take the saturation up a tad, something like that, to bring out a little bit of gold in the foreground. Now, Here's another new thing, and this is a great new thing, and you may have seen it. It's talked about, it's like the big new fancy feature. Um, it's called dehaze, and it's very useful when you have fog or haze in the distance, in this case smoke, to kind of reduce the appearance of the, the hazy stuff so you can see what's behind it better. And the dehaze feature in Camera Raw is located in the effects panel. You have the same feature now in Lightroom CC 2015 panel uh, which came out also in mid-June 2015. So here's my my haze slider. If I were to drag this to the left, that would add a bunch of haze, not what I want. If I drag it over to the right, notice that we're starting to be able to see through the smoke a little bit to see more of the background there. So let's see again, if I put that to zero... That's how things were. And if I drag it to the right, we're getting a little more definition in the hills. And I like that. Um, The smoke was thick, but still, it's nice to be able to see the hills behind it. Notice if I take this all the way over to the right, often you'll get an oversaturated image like this. So if I wanted to leave this slider here, then what I would do is go back to the basic panel and reduce saturation. But I think in this case, I'm actually going to take the dehaze and do it more subtly to about there. So that's dehaze. Now, what if I wanted to um, bring out the hills more, just over here on the right? But you know, I don't want to do it everywhere. Well, in that case, there's another new feature that I can show you that came in with Camera Raw 9.1, and that is um, the uh, whites and blacks sliders are now available in three local adjustment tools, which you can access from the bar at the top: the adjustment brush, the gradient the graduated filter, and the radio filter. I'll do it with the adjustment brush. I'll select that. Um, let's put everything back. Oh, here we go. So you can look at my uh, settings now for the adjustment brush, and everything here is at zero except the new black slider, which I'd pulled over to the left. And now when I move into the image and I paint with blacks pulled down, what's happening is that just in the area where I'm painting, the program is looking for the very darkest um, uh, parts of the image under my brush, and is darkening those. and So that's a new slider over here. Uh, If I go too far, of course, I can erase that, get the erase brush and erase that. And we also have a white slider if I wanted to affect just the brightest parts of the image in local areas. So that's another new feature. So those are just a bunch of new features, um, some some from April, um, a bunch from June. And they're all very exciting and I think very useful to photographers. So I hope you will give them, some of them, a try. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Fix. And don't forget that um, if you will upload a photo that you've processed in Photoshop, hopefully in Photoshop CC 2015, um, to the comments on the show notes at thisweekinphoto slash the fix. then you'll be eligible to receive a book of your choice from Rocky Nooks Publishing. Do participate in that opportunity. I'm so glad to see you this week, and um, enjoy your new Photoshop CC 2015. See you next week. This is Jan Cavili.